This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ready, set, save, California. It's sellathon time this Labor Day at your California Ford dealer. Get ready for the best offers of the summer on the 2019 Ford lineup, like an adventure-ready Explorer or the all-new built Ford Tough Ranger. Or get behind the wheel of the 2019 Ford F-150 with the power, toughness, and capability to carry any payload. You've waited all summer for these deals, and the wait is over. So ready, set, save. The Labor Day sellathon is on now, but don't wait. These deals won't last. Hurry into your California Ford dealer before it all ends September third. You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello and welcome to On the Daily, a daily fantasy sports podcast brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. My name is Matt Lamarca. I'm an employee of the Action Network and Fantasy Labs. And uh, I am also the co-host of the Laying the Points podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, at Matt LaMarca. I'm joined, as always, by my two co-hosts. First, one of the uh, smartest guys I know. He's a math teacher by day and a DFS grinder slash sports better by night. He is Anthony Amico, who you can find on Twitter, at Amixa. Anthony, how's life treating you? Uh, It's pretty good. I mean, we were profitable in week two, so morale is high. And as long as morale is high, the Twitter account keeps clean. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. The, uh, the takes stay good. So good for, good for listeners of the show. Yep. I saw you sure. getting some, some Pat Mahomes love on Twitter, which is deserved because you were all about him headed into the season. So, you know, congrats on people being nice to Anthony, you know, that's, <laughs> that's just a life win for everybody involved. So I want to give Twitter some respect for that. Uh, my other co-host, also a teacher, not sure if he's as smart as Anthony. We'll no, find out. Definitely not. <laughs> he's the father of a newborn child named Jackson and the host of the bogey free podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Matt Jones, TFR. He is Matt Jones. Matt, how you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I'm I'm covered in puke from said newborn child and uh, awesome. cash line smash last week. I'm considering never playing a GPP again. And uh, yeah, that's about that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, week two was rough for me all around. Had a rough week betting. Uh, didn't do particularly great in DFS. I mean, I, I basically broke even small loss, but. Uh, I had obviously bigger aspirations than that. So let's turn it around. We're all smashing in week three, and that includes the listeners. Uh, before we start, just a reminder that you can get a 30% discount to a Rotoviz subscription through the podcast homepage. That is rotoviz.com slash podcast. Uh, lots of great in-season content for you, waiver wire articles, 
you know, trade recommendations, buy lows type of thing. Uh, so definitely recommend checking that out. We also just launched a Patreon account, uh, patreon.com slash rotovizradio. That helps support our 10 weekly podcasts during the season and also gives you access to our new live show, which airs at 11 a.m. on Sunday during the NFL season. Uh, I believe, Anthony, you are going to be on the show this week, correct? That is correct. So subscribe, get access to Anthony up until lineup lock. He'll be taking all of your questions, and let's get that money. Uh, before we move on to week three, let's go over some housekeeping from week two. First off, FinFan18, congratulations. You took down the inaugural Listener League. Uh, I hope you are an actual listener and that you're listening to us shout you out because you absolutely blasted the competition, won by you know close to 30 points almost. Uh, just a beautiful team. So congrats to that. If we had like T-shirts or something, I'd say that one would be in the mail, but that would be a lie. <laughs> Let's move on to our three-man competition. Anthony once again takes the win there. He moves to 2-0 and on the season. Me and Jonesy, we got a battle back here, kid. Uh, Anthony, I think the biggest decision that led to your success was ultimately going with Blake Bortles. Uh, he was, like, super low-owned, I think, across the industry in all formats. Do you want to just talk a little bit about what led you to Bortles for our three-man competition and with some of your other lineups? Yeah, he was like 0.4% owned in the $25 double up, which I didn't expect. But I mean, pretty much like I had Mahomes a lot of the week. And like to get Mahomes, I just I had to play one of those like punty 49ers guys like Pettis. And it just felt really thin. Like last last the, in week one, he was like fourth in targets on the Niners. So I just didn't like it. Like I wanted to get up into the Anunua, Anunua Cobb range and like the upper four Ks. So Kind of decided to move down at quarterback because uh, Fournette wasn't playing. Uh, so I figured Bortles would have to do more. The Jags would play at a faster pace. And uh, obviously all of that held true. And, and Bortles had like the rare, like big touchdown game, which was really nice. So uh, obviously fell on the right side of variance. But I think, uh, you know, I think it was the right play. I, I wish I had taken Anunua instead of Cobb with that receiver money. <laughs> yeah. um, but hey, you know, sometimes you only got to get half right. That's true. If you do a double pivot like that, all you need is one end. And it didn't help, or it didn't hurt, I should say, that Pettis also was a big-time bust. So. Huge bust. He was very yeah. highly owned. I'm a little upset that I wasn't more on the Jaguars because like, the more I think about it, the more that spot just seemed like a super obvious Jaguar smash spot. Like, that was their Super Bowl last week. You know, they, they really wanted that one. You could tell once the game started. So I'm a little upset that I didn't have uh, exposure to them in retrospect. All right, let's move on to week three, and we will start, as always, with the quarterback position. So we have to start with Patrick Mahomes. He has been outstanding through his first two weeks, 10 total touchdown passes, and he looks to be in another great spot again in week three. Checks a lot of the boxes that we look for. He's playing at home. His team is a favorite, and they have a huge implied team total. Um, But with that in mind, he also probably will be the highest-owned quarterback on the slate. He's also seen a pretty big price increase. So, you know, taking that all into consideration, how are you approaching him for cash games and also for GPPs? And Anthony, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I think even with the price hike, he's someone that's worth considering in cash just because the the game total is so high, you know, 55, 56, 57, depending where you're looking. Uh, but they're just not like enough value on the slate, I think, to pay all the way up. You know, I typically don't uh, pay up at quarterback. 
Uh, and in tournaments, I think I prefer the other side of the game. I think I'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo. Just you're going to get that the the ownership discount. Um, you know, I'm, I mean, Andy Reid and and Mahomes clearly have like this game plan down pretty well. But you know, at some point, touchdowns are going to stop, and the big plays are going to at least slow down a little bit. And when that happens, you know, if you're on the other side of that, you're gonna you're gonna profit big. So I want to be ahead of that if I can. Jonesy, what do you think? Wait, so you don't think he's going to actually throw 80 touchdowns like he's on pace for? <laughs> that's not that's not going to happen. All right. Um, I think that's a fair assumption. Yeah, I mean, I obviously you want to you want to get some exposure to him in a few spots and stack him up uh, a couple different ways. Um, I'm not going to pay up. I'm not paying seven thousand dollars for a quarterback in cash, though. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to have him in cash either. It's more of a GPP thing, but like, I, I think it's entirely possible that he might be priced at a ceiling. I mean, it's hard to say for a guy that just came off a six-touchdown week, but, uh, you know, even Peyton Manning, who's arguably the greatest quarterback that ever played in the season when he threw, you know, 55 touchdowns, even he had off weeks on occasion. So uh, I think that, you know, considering he's going to be you know, 15 to 20% owned. I don't think he's by any stretch, you know, like a must play or somebody you even have to have exposure to. Like, uh, I think it, it could be wise to fade him. Like if just for some reason, some of the touchdowns start going to Kareem Hunt. And I know the big knock is that Hunt doesn't score touchdowns, but like they, there could totally be a week where that happens, right? I'm not crazy mm-hmm. in thinking that they're going to throw every touchdown this season, right? Right. right. I mean, what, well, what does that even mean? Like he doesn't score touchdowns, like, the goal line is not like a like force field that Kareem Hunt can't get through. He just hasn't gotten the ball there yet, you know. Right, because like, Hill and everybody else is just scoring from like God knows where every time they get the ball. So uh, at some point, they're going to have some goal line touches. Yeah, I mean, you guys obviously don't look at Twitter. <laughs> I mean, don't score touchdowns. I, mean, I look at my mentions, and it's that's, that's exactly what it says. <laughs> Kareem Hunt doesn't score touchdowns and neither does Julio Jones. Like these are known facts. That's true. So anyway, uh, I think Mahomes is certainly not somebody that you have to play despite what he has done through the first two weeks. Um, Two other quarterbacks that I think will be popular are Matt Ryan and Drew Brees. They're opposing each other in Atlanta. Uh, Do you have a preference between the two of them? And how do you figure your exposure will be on both? And uh, Jonesy, you can kick it off for us this time. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Breeze may see um, possibly a touch more ownership, but like I'll probably take uh, take the discount. Brian's seven hundred dollars less. They're implied for more points. He's at home. He's the favorite. Whatever. Blah blah blah. Like, um, I'll obviously have some of Breeze in GPPs as well. Uh, probably match what I think his ownership is going to be, um, and then maybe go a little overweight on uh, Matt Ryan. Anthony, you had an interesting article for the Action Network about this game, and it kind of makes me feel like you're going to say you're not going to have either of these guys. Is that correct? Yeah, like if I was going to play cash, like you can you can sell me on on Ryan being like too cheap for the overall game environment, but yeah, I mean, I think that I like the under. I've already bet the under on the game. Um, you know, the Falcons play a, a really good cover three defense. It, forces the ball to the lower parts of the field. It forces the ball to the running backs, which, you know, in this case is Camara. That's going to be good for him. But 
you know, it's going to keep the, it's going to make it difficult to have like good scoring drives going to make it difficult to have long plays, the kind of plays that I think, you know, you need to have a shootout type atmosphere. Uh, I don't necessarily see those happening here. So uh, I'm not super high on either of these guys. I mean, I, I'm debating having Breeze maybe in some tournaments just because uh, the offense is pretty concentrated in the passing game. So you could, you know, at least if the game does go off, you can get uh, some good stacks. But uh, I'm not really looking at this game uh, in tournaments. One follow-up question is, does the Julio Jones injury play into this for the, the Falcons at all? Like, I think by all accounts, he's going to play. But you never know with him. Like he's definitely served as a decoy in the past, and if he's limited, it feels like that's going to be a huge hindrance on Atlanta. So, like, does his status have any impact on how you're approaching this game? Yeah, I mean, it has to. Like, if he's hobbled, I think we could expect a more run-heavy script. I think the game overall probably slows down. So, uh, those are usually, you know, negative factors towards shootouts. Jones. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of how I'm viewing it too. I mean, obviously, if if there's any sort of negative news again tomorrow, I'll I'll have to to reassess. He obviously didn't practice the last couple of days, so um, I guess waiting on that and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, Ryan is somebody that I might have some interest in uh, in this game, just because I definitely seem to prefer the the home side in these matchups, um, especially when I when I think that the away side is going to have, you know, relatively equal ownership. But again, like the Julio thing is just so big. Cause if he's not a huge focal point for the Falcons, I'm just not sure how effective their offense is going to be. Uh, all right, let's move on to some other guys. Let's talk cash game particulars. Uh, any guys, you know, maybe like in the, in the mid to low tier that you're looking at for cash games. Amico. Give me Cam. Uh, I mean, yes. this is this is the one really shocking price of the week. I think at the shocking position. price. I mean, six k. He just he just scored thirty points last week. He had eighteen points in week one in an absolute rock fight. I don't really think you could consider this game environment worse, if at all. Uh, so I just I just don't think the price really matches what you're getting with Cam here, and uh, he is likely to be my cash game quarterback. Jonesy. Yeah, he's definitely my cash game quarterback this week. Um, Throw some D's on it. Okay. He, <laughs> he You say that, but then every week I feel like you throw out a completely random lineup. No, no hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Listen, I'm done. I'm if that's what you're referring to. That that ship has sailed, even though I said that last week, I think, also. Um, yeah, no, I played I played golf in cash last week. It was great. Okay. Um, yeah, Cam hasn't been this cheap since last October. Like, it's not, you know, it's not he's not playing well. He he put up a great game last week. So I am definitely rolling with him in cash. Yeah, so just to, to nail this point home, uh, Cam has been priced at 6,500 or less 11 times in the Fantasy Labs database. In those games, he's averaged 25.6 DraftKings points, which is good for a plus minus of plus 7.58. And a consistency rating of roughly seventy three percent. So I don't think you really have to overthink this one. Play Cam Newton in your cash game teams. Play him on your GPP teams too. You know, like yeah, sure. Cam Cam is in a, just a fantastic price range. Like I'm really not a hundred percent sure what DraftKings is thinking, but for sure, let's take advantage of it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So outside of Cam, who are some uh, GPP options that you're looking at, Jones? 
I feel like we're going to um I feel like we have to play Watson this week like the the Giants are are extremely bad. Like it's <laughs> it's like really painful to be a fan of the Giants, but I'm not going to let that affect like me being like, "Oh no, I can't root for him." Like Watson I think is going to come back out this week and remind us all like it's just it's gonna be a disaster for the Giants it's gonna be so bad like I'm very concerned about it just for my like my dad's well-being like he's (laughs) gonna be so pissed all Sunday (laughs) I mean he had a a low-key great weight uh week last week it was just overshadowed by the fact that so many quarterbacks went bananas right yeah like like, he had 310 yards two touchdowns chipped in 40 yards on the ground like that's exactly what you're looking for for a quarterback so I totally agree. Like, I do think he's going to have, you know, moderate ownership, but Watson is probably the one quarterback who's like chalky that I am really just not going to consider fading at all. He's going to be in some of my lineups. Yeah. I checked out the uh, trends tool at amicosmemory.com. The the Giants have never stopped a mobile quarterback. Never. Plus like minus, plus minus, plus minus of as many as high as you can count. Seventy four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Miko, any other guys you're throwing into the GPP mix? Yeah, I mean, like I said before, I really like Jimmy G. Um, I think especially with Marquise Goodwin expect, uh, expected to come back, I think that really increases his ceiling. Give him, uh, you know, it's just some better weapons out there. I mean, Dante Pettis has been all right, I guess, but he's still a rookie. Uh, same with a lot of these other guys. Like they, they don't really have dudes. Good one's the closest thing they have. So I, I feel like getting him back kind of increases the ceiling and we do expect the game to be a shootout. So, yeah, I mean, Mahomes has kind of overshadowed the fact that the Chiefs defense has just been an absolute dumpster fire for the first two. Terrible. Weeks. So, yeah, I agree. I totally like that call. Also, just for the record, like I, I base all of my quarterback decisions in GPPs on wide receivers for the most part. So like, I'm I'm not only playing like the three guys that I just said I'm considering like it's all the stacks that I'm going to have. You can just sort of follow along with the wide receivers. One other guy I want to throw in there is Andrew Luck. 5,600 feels low for him. Um, The Eagles defense has not been impressive to start the season. They just got shredded by Fitzmagic. Uh, I think Luck could have some viability in this spot. At fifty six hundred, that that seems like a really fair price for him on DraftKings. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree with that. You want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. You may ask, how does SquadQL actually do this? Well, the app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues pulling in your actual roster and your league scoring system. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations, plus the app gives you player rankings each week, and it's all based on your league settings. SquadQL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android, and uh, an added bonus for you, at least Apple users. I don't, I don't really mess with Android, but uh, RotoQL will send you some reminders to make <laughs> sure that you've optimized, which is key for me because I am uh, frequently late on uh, setting my lineup. Smart, 
sharp. Uh, I definitely could probably stand to benefit from that myself. Uh, so yeah, I guess check out RotoQL and SquadQL. I'm in. Uh, all right, let's move on to the running back position. We've got some potential injuries to monitor here. Uh, the Jaguars, both of their top backs are uh, at least limited. It does sound like Leonard Fournette will probably play this week, but um, you know, I think he's got a hamstring injury. That can be a little bit tricky. Dalvin Cook, also someone to monitor, LaShawn McCoy. And then we also already have Joe Mixon out as well. So who are some of these guys, uh, you know, injury situation backups who might benefit that you're sort of eyeing up this week? Amico. Yeah, I mean, I think it has to start with Latavius Murray. Not a huge discount in terms of his price because Cook did leave the game last week. Uh, so Murray's 5,800, but, you know, 16 and a half point favorites against Buffalo. Uh, if Cook's out, he's going to get all the work, especially on the goal line. Uh, it's just it would just be a, a real smash spot. Like I would I would for sure lock him in uh, across the board. I think if Cook is out, interesting. Okay, uh, Jonesy. Yeah, he's he's my favorite out of the uh, the potential sitting injured whatever running backs. Um, Geo's not too too far behind, but it looks like Fournette's going to play, like you mentioned. So that's not really. Um, that's probably not going to turn into anything for me. And I just, I, I'm not playing a, a Buffalo running back. So yeah, they're like underdogs by a thousand. So definitely can't play Chris Ivory. Um, you know, I don't think Chris Ivory's awful, but it's just such a bad spot for him. So yeah. can't do it. Uh, I think my favorite would be uh, Corey Clement. If both of the Philadelphia guys sit. You know, I think that that's an equally good spot against Indy. They're roughly a touchdown favorite at this point. So, uh, you know, I figure he will get the majority of the work. He's active in the passing game um, if if both Ajay and Sproles are out. So I think he's another potential value guy uh, that, you, that you might want to consider, you know, depending on how that situation plays out. I have, like, slight concern about Clement. I mean, he's priced so low that, uh, you know, he doesn't really have to do, I guess, a ton. Uh, if you just look at how the snaps were divided when Ajayi wasn't on the field last week, uh, Clement saw 33 snaps to Wendell Smallwood's 24. Uh, so actually, I think a, a lot closer than you may have expected. And uh, the Eagles also added Josh Adams off the practice squad. So Oh, no. Yeah, this could be like a three. I just think that like the touches end up being split three ways if uh, Sproles and Ajayi miss. Uh, obviously, Clement projects to catch passes and at his price, like he's still usable, but I'm not sure he's like a, like an auto smash just because I, I think that like Philly's MO and a lot of these spots has just been to like really divide the work. All right. Well, consider me not scared of the practice squad guy or uh, Wendell Smallwood. <laughs> so, but yes, I do agree that uh, Latavius Murray, given the 17 point spread, if cook is out is probably the default value option that you want. All right, let's move up to the top of the pricing spectrum. We've got two guys who are sort of priced, you know, head and shoulders above the rest of the field. That's Alvin Kamara at 9,500 and Todd Gurley at 9,200. Uh, of these two guys, are you leaning one way or the other? Are you, do you want exposure to both? And uh, how are you approaching them in, in cash games and GPPs? Amico. Oh, back to me. Okay. Uh, I mean, Gurley with the savings, I think is nice, but it's $300. I mean, hey, $300 matters this week. I feel like. <laughs> okay. But I mean, I want exposure to both like Kamara, like we said before, 
The ball is going to be kind of funneled to him in the passing game. So big ceiling for him, for sure. Uh, he's played a lot more snaps with uh, Ingram suspended, uh, much higher snap count than we saw last year. I mean, last year with Ingram, he was seeing like 50 or 60% of the snaps. He's seeing closer to 80 now. So, uh, you know, very clearly a full-time player. So, I mean, I like both. I think, uh, I just think that Gurley's like overall volume is a little more bankable. And he scores literally like all the touchdowns for that team. It's, it's insane. So I, I think I prefer Gurley, but I want both. Onesie. Yeah, I I mean, if you keep going to Anthony, I feel like we're we're on the same page a lot. So I gave you I, the first one on the last one, didn't I? I I'm sorry. Know. I'll be a better host. No, it's fine. I, I <laughs> it's fine. Um I agree. I think that I don't know. It, maybe this is just like my dumb brain, but just like seeing that there's not even another running back like in the 8000s makes me not want to pay for these two guys. Like I'm going to, like I'm going to have exposure to them. But I just feel like there's such a big gap and I don't know that the I guess like sort of like the medium projection, whatever you want to call it for some of these cheaper guys is that that far off. So <laughs> I'll probably just take the savings with Gurley um, and I'm prob- but I'm going to be more heavily exposed to some other guys we'll get to uh, in a bit. Well, I'm surprised given your article, Anthony, but. That you aren't on Kamara. I like Kamara. I mean, they just gave up, what, 14 catches to Christian McCaffrey. And Kamara is a guy who is extremely active in the passing game. He didn't have a huge market share in week two, but he's someone that I think you can pencil in for like 25% of the Saints, you know, passing targets to go with his rushing work. I think his, his upside as a receiver in this matchup in particular gives him more more upside than Gurley, in my opinion. Against the Chargers defense that I think is pretty underrated at this point. Like, I mean, you know, Anthony, from the Laying the Points podcast that I'm very much on the Chargers in this game. So it's probably not surprising that Eileen Kamara over Gurley. All right, uh, let's, let's go with some of these other high-priced guys. I mean, Jones, you sounded like you were pretty interested in some of this guys in, you know, the 6 to 7K range. So who are some of the guys that you're targeting? Well, my my new favorite, Christian McCaffrey, is uh, it just seems like it's a very similar spot to what Melvin Gordon had last week, except McCaffrey gets the bonus of being at home um, as well. I I looked it up on the I'm not going to plug labs. I'll say for Rotoviz, the game splits app last year, um, 18 PPR points when the Panthers were favored by three with a total of 44, which is or above, which is what we're looking at this week. Um, I think you can pencil him in for a pretty safe floor, whether you want to roll him in cash or whether you want to uh, get some exposure to him in GPPs. And I'm kind of thinking that I may be stacking him up with Cam a little bit this week. Love that um, idea. So, yeah, I mean, like you just said, I mean, four, hit 14 catches last week. Like that's that's bananas. Like it, if they're going to just keep using him like that, then this is going to just be a smash spot. I think he'll probably be like 8,500 next week and probably won't be this low for quite a while. Um, so McCaffrey is a guy that I'm going to be pretty heavily invested in this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I think that the quarterback running back stack with the Panthers is going to be sneaky by any stretch of the imagination, but Christian McCaffrey is hands down the top target in Carolina. Like, there's no disputing that. 
he's had a 34.3% market share as a receiver. So like, even if you take away what he's done as a runner, he is the number one option in the Panthers passing game and stacking the quarterback and the number one option in the passing game definitely seems like a plus EV situation. You know, if, if we are uh, liking cam this week. So I agree with that. Take a hundred percent. I like McCaffrey maybe only as a stack partner with cam. Like I, I agree with you that he is probably pretty fairly priced, but eventually he has to like slow down a little bit. Like, am I crazy for thinking that Anthony, what are your thoughts on McCaffrey in particular? I mean, I like him. I wish he scored more touchdowns. That's kind of the thing. Right. Like, he does so much in the receiving game, which is awesome. And uh, obviously just came off like a, an awesome matchup to do those kinds of things, but we need that guy to get in the end zone. Uh, that's kind of been the tricky thing so far. I will say that, uh, you know, the Bengals again, one of these like heavy cover three teams. So uh, still a really good spot for him to see a bunch of, receptions just like when the price is that high like if you're not scoring like if you're if your touchdown equity is is like like what's like the percent chance that he scores like it's not that good it's got to be by far the worst of all these guys up here that's like like that's not attractive to me so i think as a stack with cam sure because you're you know you're doing that with a purpose but i I don't love him really as like a, a cash play I think just I don't want this to turn into like the McCaffrey show, but no, it's important. He, he's an important player, so we can talk about him. He's he's seen six opportunities in the red zone already through the first two weeks, which I think is encouraging. So I think that that's one of these things where like I I I don't try to um, try to predict touchdowns, but I, I think that they're coming. Like I think that they're willing to use him. Like they gave him two carries in the red zone each of the last two weeks um and gave him a few targets in week one so it's something that i think maybe could start to uh start to go back towards in his favor uh here shortly yeah to put some numbers on that mccaffrey has three rushes inside the 10 yard line uh nobody else on the team has greater than one opportunity so far so it does feel like if the panthers get close to the goal line mccaffrey has just as good a chance to score as anybody else if not a greater chance to score than most so Maybe uh, the touchdowns are coming, or maybe we'll have to add him to the Kareem Hunt and Julio Jones list after this week. We'll find out. Um, All right, Amico, who are some other guys in this range that you're considering for GPPs? Yeah, I mean, I like DJ. I I feel like this is just such a low price for him, 7,200. I know that the usage hasn't been exactly the same, but this is kind of like a squeaky wheel spot because everyone from Twitter to reporters everywhere is talking about David Johnson, not getting the ball in the passing game. And it's like the coaches threw their hands up. and We're like, fine. You want, <laughs> you want DJ in the passing game. We're going to throw him the ball a little bit more. We're going to get him in the slot more, uh, you know, and if he gets back to seeing like that kind of usage, like you saw in 2016, uh, this price is just way too low. Now the, the pace for them has been down. Sam Bradford has been bad. So, I mean, the ceiling, I, I don't think is quite as good as it was in the past. But I still think at 7,200, uh, he can do a lot of damage, especially if he you know breaks a long one or something. You know, manages to find the end zone basically uh, in this matchup because we do we do like Arizona this week, Matt, on laying the points. We do. Uh, you know, they're they're implied for roughly 16 and a half points, <laughs> so you don't feel great about him finding the end zone. But I agree with you that just talent wise, he feels like he should be priced above 7,200. Uh, no love for Melvin this week, guys. I mean, he 
dominated each of the first two weeks. Obviously, much tougher matchup this week against the Rams, but his price is still pretty fair at 7,400. What are your guys' thoughts on Melvin Gordon? Oh, I'm definitely going to have some Melvin this week, too. Um, I I wrote up this week. It should be out tomorrow, I guess. Um, the the DK Buffet on Rotoviz, where I go through team by team and give you something to look at. Uh, Gordon is like he's going to be the RB one if he stays healthy and like the Rams it are a tough matchup obviously. And that's reflected in the price, but they also gave up like nine receptions to Jalen Richard. Like there's, there's a very real possibility that Gordon still sees that passing volume and has a pretty safe floor. So I'm, I'm still pretty good with Gordon personally. Yeah. I, I like that call. I mean, if the first couple of matchups are any indication Teams seem like they're going to be hesitant to test the Rams cornerbacks. So maybe that does give a nice receiving role for Gordon and my favorite player, Austin Eckler. Don't play him in in DFS, but he's the man. <laughs> uh, Amico, thoughts on Gordon? Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much covered it, but I mean, 20 targets in two weeks. Uh, clearly going to be really heavily used in the passing game. So like whether you think that they compete in the game like you do, Matt, or if you think the spread holds true, uh, it's very likely that Gordon, you know, sees heavy volume and and that's what we like. So uh, I think that he is likely to be, you know, obviously less owned than like Kamara, Gurley, McCaffrey. And uh, once you get kind of to that point, especially if we get like one of these uh, like injury situations where it bumps one of those guys uh, ownership up, like Gordon may end up being like sub 10%. And for the volume, I think that's really tasty. Tasty. Yeah. All right, let's move down the pricing spectrum. Uh, Amico, who are some cheap guys that you're eyeing? I mean, I love Kareem Hunt. I'm sure that this is going to blow up my face. But, I mean, he's 6,000 on DraftKings. He's seeing 70% of the snaps, 84% of the running back opportunities, which is a, you know, a huge number. Uh, just two targets. But, you know, if we think that the Chiefs are going to keep playing in shootouts, like we were saying before, like, ultimately, he's going to find the end zone. and like I think that at the price, especially, it's like the price is low enough where you could play him in cash, and he's definitely going to be. I think he's like maybe the best leverage play on the whole board because people are going to love Mahomes in the passing game, uh, and if Hunt punches in a couple shorties, he's gonna you're gonna smash. Jones, yeah, I was. I'm definitely looking at Hunt too. Like he's around these guys that are like either backups or like timeshare guys. Like the price is a little low for me. Too. Um, am I am I crazy for wanting to get some Chris Thompson too this week? I can always be talked into Chris Thompson. You want me to try? Do I it. Try. All right. So uh, last year in this same type of situation, um, you know, in the same Vegas situation, whatever you want to call it, uh, he averaged over twenty one PPR points um, in the three games that sort of fit this mold. So I'm willing to bet that he's going to be heavily used. I, I do think that, um, that green Bay probably wins this game and that it doesn't, uh, obviously that doesn't hurt, uh, Chris Thompson's usage. So probably helps it. Right. Exactly. So I am, uh, I'm going to be pretty heavy on Chris Thompson too. I'm trying to limit my, uh, trying to limit my RB pool this week. I feel like I've been casting too many, too wide of a net lately. So one one really cheap guy I want to throw out there. I threw him out last week, and it did not work. But Alfred Morris, 
Um, I think Brita is going to be the guy that people are looking at among the San Francisco running backs after, you know, he exploded last week. But um, Morris is still the guy who's commanding the larger share of the rushing pie at the moment. And he's getting basically all of the goal line work for the team. He has uh, five carries inside the uh, the 10 yard line compared to just one for Brita. So, you know, given a game that we think is going to be high scoring, I think the idea of getting, you know, the, the, the goal line back for San Francisco and somebody who's going to be involved in the rush game regardless, uh, you know, at, at low ownership, at a low salary, I think makes some sense. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with you. I mean, the long play that Rita busted out, like it's not really indicative of the, the kind of role split that those guys have. So uh, I definitely like that. And uh, I also like Lamar Miller. I mean, he's kind of, He's going to make his way into my pool pretty much every week until he does does something fancy. But, I mean, he's 5K, yep. and he's like a stone-cold workhorse running back for them. I, you know, and the Giants obviously stink. The game's script will be good. So bad. There's, there's <laughs> a lot to like here for Lamar. I, just, I really want to keep hammering that home because it's so annoying <laughs> how bad they are. But, yeah, Lamar really let me down last week, but I'm kind of getting used to it. Um, so I'm just going to keep playing him and just keep, you know, keep hemorrhaging that money in GPPs. <laughs> Any Tevin Coleman love? Uh, I mean, he's he's definitely playable. Like, I don't think Freeman's going to play, but I uh, I don't love it. I mean, if if Joe if Julio ends up being out for whatever reason, then I will definitely be on Coleman. But yeah, if, the price the price has been has come up enough where I'm not like all in right away. Yeah, if Thompson and Hunt weren't right there, then I would probably be a little bit more likely to consider him. But I I think they're going to soak up too much of my exposure. Okay. Yeah, he's rating as the top RB in my Fantasy Labs model right now, so that's why I wanted to bring him up. Um, obviously, a, a nice matchup against the Saints, so I think he's another person that you can definitely have some exposure to. All right. Uh, you know, ever since we started doing this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you do, you have to check out my bookie. Remember, Who you're betting with is almost as important as who you're betting on, maybe even more important. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Uh, Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Uh, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay, and they pay fast. Uh, They have in-game live betting over-unders on fantasy points scored, which is obviously very appealing for the people who listen to this show, uh, and some of the most rewarding player perks in the business. Uh, Right now, they are also getting slammed with new bettors, so MyBookie wants to give you a chance to earn an additional $25 on all deposits over $100. Uh, If you join right now, MyBookie will also match your deposit dollar for dollar using the promo code Rotoviz. So if you use Rotoviz and then add 25 to the end, they're going to match your deposit dollar for dollar and give you an extra 25 bucks. So again, that's Rotoviz 25 after 7 p.m. and you get uh, one of the best offers in the business right now. So uh, it's up to you guys, but I would wait, grab that extra 25 bucks, deposit after 7 p.m. and make sure to take advantage of this awesome offer with Rotoviz. Or, uh, <laughs> with my bookie, you win, you play, you get paid. Mybookie.ag. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. No Antonio Brown this week. 
Uh, they The Steelers are playing on Monday night, so he's not available on the main slate. But still a ton of guys at the top of the pricing spectrum who look like strong plays. Um, of these guys, who's your favorite? Uh, and is there anyone that you think is in a bad spot that you're going to be avoiding? We'll start with you this time, Jonesy. Um, yeah, I'm just... I think for those of you who have heard me talk about golf, like Michael Thomas is becoming my Tony fee now. Like I'm just going to play him every single week and I don't really care about the price. I'll figure it out. Um, I, I just, I don't know how you avoid him. Like the way that he's being used um, is, is unbelievable. And yeah, I mean, was he seen 30 targets in the first two weeks? Like ridiculous. It's yeah, it's insane. And he's, He's doing things with those targets. Um, so I'm just going to keep just playing him as much as humanly possible. Um, and then I'll, I, I don't know, I guess, uh, Amika, what, what are you thinking for uh, some of these other more expensive guys? I mean, I don't want to give it away, but his name rhymes with Shmulio Schmones. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's 7,900. Julio 7,900 is egregious price. Uh, I know that he hashtag does not score, but... He sees a ton of usage. I mean, his uh, Whopper rating, which is weighted opportunity rating, uh, <laughs> is by far the highest in the league right now. So really exceptional usage. I don't really worry about Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, I don't worry a ton about cornerback matchups, but uh, he also got the best of Lattimore last season. Uh, seven catches, 149 yards That's in uh, their final matchup. And in the first matchup, he... Uh, you know, he still did pretty well. Not that well, but pretty well. So I, I, I feel like the um, like the anti Julio hype has just has peaked. Like it's like it's like he had one bad game and they couldn't wait to drop his price all the way to seventy six hundred. <laughs> like I'm just gonna play him every time in this spot. I love the Whopper rating. I've never heard that one. That's a new one. I, the fantasy community is just great with this stuff. Uh, the one concern that I have, and I hate to keep beating this drum, is just the injury stuff. You know, like we've seen Julio check out of games numerous times. So it's, it really comes down for ownership for me. Like if I think people are going to be scared off of him, then, yeah, I'm definitely interested in playing him at such a low price tag. But I still think there's a, a decent chance that he ends up pretty chalky, in which case I don't have a, uh, a hard time fading him either. So yeah. I'm <laughs> Jesus. That's my thought on that take. Let's fucking play Julio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another guy that uh, I have zero interest in this week is Tyreek Hill. Um, sure. 8,500 for him just feels super high. So I am going to be fading. I'm fading the Chiefs passing game options this week. Like, I, you know, if Pat Mahomes does it again, I will lose money. I'm okay with that. Like, that's just how you have to look at these things sometimes. Like, do you want to be one of the 25% of people that have a Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill stack and then have to try and beat them still? Like, I am not one of those people. I I would rather go with the lower-owned guys and just hope that it's my week and try to cruise to a, a little bit of an easier victory. So I will be off Tyreek Hill, um, you know, just off of our ownership percentages in general. But I also think 8,500 is a little ridiculous for him. Yeah, especially like I hate to keep harping on this because this is like year three of me saying this, but like the long plays, like you don't want to pay, you don't want to pay eighty five hundred for a guy that scores long touchdowns. Like the second that that long touchdown doesn't come, you're gonna you're gonna bust. 
Like he's only seen 14 targets in two weeks. And obviously not all targets are created equal. Like his targets are so, so far down the field and he has a really good relationship with Mahomes. But like the bus potential here is really good. And like, this is a really easy, I shouldn't say easy, but this is just like a really obvious spot to leverage the Casey passing game. Like you said, um, you know, like maybe 20% of the time here, we take it right to the face and we lose. But I like, I like making those kinds of gambles because I think the upside is really big. What are your guys' thoughts on Odell? I know you're disgruntled Giants fans, but try to put that on the back burner. Like, obviously, this guy is one of the most talented receivers in the league, but it doesn't seem like Eli's going to have enough time to get him the ball this season. Like, do we want to try and maybe take advantage of him at reduced ownership, or is the situation in New York that bad that we can't play him right now? Amico. I mean, I'm going to play Odell. Like, <laughs> like I, I know that the time isn't great in the pocket, but I mean, is there a guy in the league that can take a slant to the house better than Odell? Like I would probably Tyree kill. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but like, and, and the Houston corners to me are, are not very good. Like, I think, I think the secondary as a unit for Houston, isn't that impressive? Like they do most of their work with the front seven. So, like, they will be in Eli's face all day. Like, you can pretty much bank on that. But when the ball gets out, it's going to be going to Odell. And, like, his ceiling is always really high. Like, I feel like anytime you can get him at low ownership, uh, you know, he stands He stands to make you profitable because he's just that good. And, you know, the three-touchdown game or the two-touchdown game with 100 yards, like, it's going to happen at some point this year, even if the Giants suck. So, I think you want to just take advantage of him at low ownership whenever you can. Jones. Yeah, I mean, I I'm never gonna not play him. Like it, he's always gonna. He's I'm not always gonna be. Yeah, it's like you said. If if it's a quick route, like it's fine. He'll they'll figure it out in theory. So I'm not. I'm not gonna be watching the Giants and being pissed off about how shitty they are and not have Odell in one of my lineups. Like that would be <laughs> that would just be the worst life move you could possibly make as a Giants fan. <laughs> All right, Amico, give me some cash game options that you're considering. I mean, I really like Tyler Boyd. That's like uh, a guy that I really liked as a prospect, super productive at Pitt. Um, only 3,700. And you know, we kind of talked about this the other day. Like, it does seem like he is the, kind of the clear number two wide receiver in the offense for Andy Dalton. He sees like the lower A dot targets. So, high catch rate, which is really, really important on DraftKings for the receptions. And uh, scored a touchdown last week. So I think that all in all, he's a really good play. Carolina, again, um, not a great defense. At least in my opinion, I think they've been a little overrated. Uh, James Bradbury, especially, not very good. Uh, Dante Jackson, you can beat that guy. I mean, I don't think any of these guys are really that good. And I think for the target volume, like if you can get seven targets for sub 4K, I think this week that's something you want you want to take. All right, Jones, you got anybody that you're looking at for cash games? Yeah, I agree with Boyd. Um, I, I am. I've always sort of been a sucker for Allen Robinson, and now there's there seems to be a little bit of a reason for it. Um, so I'm probably going to hop on that train. I think his price is fair. Um, let me see, 14 targets last week. Like he he's going to be used for fifty four hundred dollars. Um, I think that the the volume will be will be there for him. Um, and I kind of want to play Demarius Thomas because I just feel like he had the worst, like just the worst possible luck last week. 
Like there's been 15 games since the year 2000 where like there's been a a guy who saw 11 targets and uh, like only had 18 yards. Like that's not that isn't a thing that's going to keep happening. So if they keep using him um, like that, I think that I'll I'll have some uh, some exposure to him as well. I totally agree on Thomas. Um, He had three red zone targets as well and caught them all, but somehow didn't score. So. So, yeah, I think Thomas is a great buy-low candidate, especially since Baltimore is still without Jimmy Smith. Uh, I want to add Robert Woods in that same price range at 5,100. He's had nine targets each of the first two weeks, um, has played virtually every snap for the Rams. He's only been off the field for four total snaps between their first two games. So I think Woods uh, is just somebody that you can expect a lot of playing time and targets for uh, targets from at just 5,100. I'm struggling to find guys in that really low range that I like for cash games. So this might be a week where I'm looking to go more balanced, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go low other than, than Boyd, I think, uh, Geronimo is, uh, a reasonable play as well. Much bigger part of the offense. And I think people expected, including myself played on 75% of snaps. He has seen just two less targets than Randall Cobb. Uh, his uh, Whopper rating. I know you like that one, Matt. Whopper. Second on the team behind Adams. Uh, you know, he's been more active in the offense than Jimmy Graham. So uh, I think I think Allison is certainly playable at 4,500. And uh, I know we don't talk FanDuel a ton on this show, but he's only, he's only 5K on FanDuel. Like, I am playing him there for sure. Like it. He's had two, uh, a red zone target in each week as well. So, e. yeah, red zone targets from Aaron Rodgers. Normally good. <laughs> uh, all right. GPP plays. Lay them on me. Jonesy, who do you got? I just feel like people aren't playing the Minnesota wide receivers. And I'm not entirely sure why. Like, I was looking into it, and just between Diggs and Thielen, they've seen 85% of Kirk Cousins' air yards. My word. Like, that's pretty That's pretty insane. Um there aren't many teams that even have like two targets, uh, two receivers over like 65, 70% uh, of the air yards. So um, we, we want predictability. And I think that it's a, it's a pretty fair and safe assumption that they're going to get an incredible amount of targets and they are going to be low owned again this week, even though were they implied for like 28 points. Um, so yeah, I'm probably just going to try to, try to stack them up a little bit and just throw them in wherever they can fit. Um, Cause they're like reasonably priced in like the low mid seven, mid seven range. So um, I think you're, you're doing pretty good if you could get them into your lineups at like 5% or whatever they'll be. Yeah. That's, that's honestly a really good call. I think uh, I am personally one of the people who hasn't really been giving them enough attention Phelan has been the bigger target threat, but Diggs obviously can rip off a big play as he's done, um, you know, last week with the two touchdowns. So I think both of those guys are definitely interesting and playing the passing game for new, for Minnesota instead of the rushing game could definitely be a nice uh, leverage play for tournaments. Yep. Uh, Miko, who are you looking at? Uh, I mean, I have, I guess some weird names. Like I feel like love weird names. I mean, other than Marquise Goodwin, who I'm going to play in bulk, I kind of feel like this is a good spot for uh, your boy, John Brown. 
against Smoke. Denver. Not like a, a, a secondary we've targeted in the past, but the secondary has not played as well this year. Um, not very good. Not very good in the pa- in terms of pass defense this year. The pass rush, I guess, really just hasn't been getting there. Um, but you know, without Aqib Talib, this team has really kind of lacked an outside presence at corner. Chris Harris is still one of the best slot corners in the league. But uh, John Brown plays mostly outside and, you know, is a big play threat. So I like his ceiling. And uh, Corey Davis. I know that we don't typically like to target receivers against Jacksonville, but, uh, you know, Chris Hogan had two touchdowns last week. Odell Beckham had a a really nice game against them in week one. Uh, I think that the defense is, you know, obviously not quite as good as last year. So that's good. Uh, But Davis, really the key is, is big, big time volume. I mean, 13 targets in week one. Uh, last week, he saw just seven targets, but Blaine Gabbert only threw the ball 20 times. So uh, still a really huge market share there. I don't anticipate this game uh, being quite as competitive. I, I kind of feel like with Jacksonville at home, they're going to be able to score. And uh, Tennessee's going to have to throw a little bit more if they want to win. So I, I think Davis at like literally 1% is uh, is worth throwing out there. And I mean, go right back to Dante, Dante Pettis, right? Like, I mean... Two weeks ago, he scored and no one had him. And last week, everyone had him and did nothing. Like I, I feel like in a in a shootout type game, a guy that can get deep, a guy that is a you know a good athlete, um, you could do worse. And I, he's like the guy that that you pair in your Jimmy stacks that get you like a really contrarian lineup. So uh, those are like my three main guys. I mean, I, I'm gonna I think keep it pretty tight at receiver this week. Uh, so I, I think I'm gonna be mixing in. Uh, very, very few guys compared to what I did like the last couple weeks. I want to add in Devin Funches. Uh, I like his production with Greg Olson out of the lineup. I know that last week a decent bit of his work came, you know, in, you know, like a comeback situation, but I still think that he's going to be the wide receiver one in Carolina for as long as Olson is sidelined. I know that that hurts your ears, Amico, as a DJ Moore guy, but. I think Funches has proven that he's like actually pretty decent at playing wide receiver. Um, Also, am I allowed to play Larry Fitzgerald at 5,400? Sure. Yes. Like, I feel like that's another play that I'm definitely interested in. Um, Obviously we have to watch the injury situation with him, but I think he's going to play and he is unsurprisingly leading the Cardinals in targets this season. They're going to score eventually, folks. Like, they can't be this bad all year. They can't be this bad of a disaster. So uh, I'm eventually banking on Fitzgerald finding pay dirt here, and his price is very reasonable right now. They can't be this bad all year. The Bills, hold my beer. (laughs) (laughs) All right, before we move on to wide receivers, I want to challenge you all to join our listeners league on DraftKings. This week, we're moving up to 30 people. It filled last week, uh, and that was (laughs) – (laughs) Somehow with me and Anthony forgetting to join the league. So shame on us, but we're getting in it this year. We, uh, this week we've already signed up $5. We're going to pay out the top three spots. So if you think you can take down beyond the daily crew, now's your chance to prove it. We'll be tweeting out the the link all week at Matt LaMarca at Amixa and at Matt Jones TFR. So follow us there to get it. And uh, seats could fill up fast. So join as soon as possible. Let's make it happen two weeks in a row. I feel good about it. Yeah, we got no action in week one. And then last week it filled like before Saturday night. So, I mean, I, I think we're on the rise. People are people want to play with us. They want to be. I think it's because they hear the, the plays that we have and they want to take our money. <laughs> yeah, probably. Not not uh, 
it's not minus EV for them. <laughs> like I think, <laughs> I think they're on the right track. All right, let's move to tight ends now. Uh, week two was a good one for tight end production. I had a lot of Kelsey, which was great. Zach Ertz also had a big week. Uh, how do you feel about those two guys this week, especially with Gronk not being available on the main slate? Jones. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that they uh, the usage that they'll see is reflected, obviously, in their price. Um, there's a pretty big gap between Kelsey and who's next, Reed. It's like $1,300. Um, yeah. we, we've talked about it before. Like, I'm not... I'm not paying up for either of those guys in cash, but I'll definitely have exposure to them in GPPs. Um, they're both part of uh, some. So they're both both teams are implied for some some points this week, so they're definitely worth uh, some shares. Amico, I mean, this is why you have to multi-site Jones because nah. you say you're not playing those guys in cash. I agree on DraftKings. I will not play them in cash either, but on FanDuel, I will. Gross. No, Pricing is a little more fun there. So I, I think uh, that's why I like to play the multiple sites. I get pretty different lineup constructions. But I mean, yeah, those guys are seeing insane volume. Uh, Kelsey, especially given the touchdown equity he's going to have, a good play. And and uh, for Ertz, I mean, no Alshon. All their like secondary receivers are injured. It's like literally just him and Aguilar. So, uh, you know, really high expected market share there for him. Yeah, I think Ertz for sure is the safer option of the two. Mm-hmm. Like he's had at least 10 targets both weeks. So uh, I normally would say no, don't pay up for a tight end. But if in some land you have, you know, 6,800 available for your tight end spot, like I think that you could do a lot worse than plugging Zach Ertz in to your cash game lineup. Uh, unfortunately, I will probably be fading both in GPPs just because I feel like their prices have come up and it feels a little bit like chasing to me now. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like uh, their ownership is obviously going to be heavier than it was last week. So I'm happy that I had both last week and I'm going to just kind of leave it at that, I think. Yeah. And I want to address uh, Ertz a little bit more with, with Wentz coming back because I feel like when Foles is playing, the narrative was, well, Foles always targets Zach Ertz. But uh, I just... In case you guys all forgot, like Carson Wentz is better than Nick Foles. So, like if you look Confirmed. at the if you look at the splits, uh, they're actually really close. And Ertz scores more points with Wentz under center because Wentz is hashtag efficient uh, when Foles is not. So uh, you're going to see maybe a couple less targets, but it's because the Eagles' offense overall should move the ball better. That means better touchdown equity for Ertz, uh, which is really important for him because, like, I feel like. When the quarterback play isn't there, like with Foles, it was like you needed you needed the 10 catches and the bonus, you know, like because you weren't going to get touchdowns. Now the touchdowns may come. All right, let's talk uh, Jared Cook. He has the highest ownership at the position in our Fantasy Labs models. I'm, I'm not entirely sure why. You know, like are the Dolphins a team that we want to be targeting with tight ends? He obviously had that huge week one performance, but last week just four targets, and now he's priced up to 4K. So. I'm not sure what I'm missing here. I don't know if one of you can try to sell me on Jared Cook or if you can just confirm to me that I'm not going crazy. I mean, you may be going crazy, but this isn't the reason. (laughs) (laughs) Fair point, fair point. Yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous. Like, why why would you ever want to roster a chalky Jared Cook like in any galaxy? I I have no idea. I I would not. I, I do not want to do 
any of that. <laughs> I'm not into it. No. I'm not into it either. I mean, the volume isn't consistent. Like you said, like I'm not going to play a guy who literally could have four targets in a game when he's chalk at 4K. Jared Cook is like always good in week one. Isn't that like a thing? It has to be a thing. <laughs> I don't think I would have made that up. I, I'll I'll trust you. You know, I believe you. <laughs> um, all right. I'm so if, it up right now because it's super important. <laughs> if we're not playing Cook, who are some of the other guys we're looking at? We'll say cash game uh, specifically, but if you also have some GPP guys you want to throw in there, feel free to do that as well. And we'll start with Amico since Jonesy is busy looking up uh, Jared Cook's statistics. Jared Cook's week one splits. Week one statistics <laughs> only. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Austin Hooper is the optimal play in cash. Uh, four targets in week one, five targets last week. He scored a touchdown. Uh, I think that that volume is satisfactory in a game with a 53-point total. Uh you know, I mentioned that I like the under, but I, I still think that the price tag here is low. Um, you know, I, I think that for Atlanta, like they haven't really established who that number two receiver is behind Julio. Uh, and I think Hooper is, you know, perhaps their most efficient player that they have right now out of all the guys going. So uh, I like Hooper. I think that we need to go cheap at tight end and cash. Yeah. And uh, Ricky, your boy, your boy, Ricky Seals Jones, just, doesn't have the same touchdown equity me as Hooper. So that's why I prefer uh, Stanford boy. Yeah. I like Hooper quite a bit. 2,900 big implied team total playing at home. I'm not overthinking that for cash. Like he's in uh, Jonesy. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. I'm also, uh, I'm flirting a little bit with me, probably not in cash, but I'm probably going to have a pretty healthy dose of Trey Burton um, this week too. I think he has a pretty good ceiling and I, I think that he's uh, he's in a pretty decent spot. Um, just for the record, Jared Cook averages nearly twice as many points in week one than weeks two through 17. <laughs> <laughs> just for the record, I did not make that up. <laughs> Sometimes the splits actually happen. <laughs> well, remember that. I'm going to remember that from next year. You got to. Um, uh, go ahead, Amico. Sorry. No, yeah, I just wanted to throw in George Kittle just because, again, like he just burned us last week and his price is up. Like, I don't really think anybody's going to play him, but the touchdown equity is really nice. And uh, again, you pair him in those Jimmy G stacks. I th- I really like Jimmy G, Kittle, Goodwin this week. I think that that's a money stack. I think Ben Watson is going to get a uh, a makeup touchdown for that, for that garbage throw that uh, that Breeze had last week. So. Listen, I, I kind of said last week that I wasn't on Ben Watson with you, but I can't argue against him this week. He's got the third highest ceiling projection at tight end in the Fantasy Labs projections this week, and he's 3,100. So uh, projected for 2 to 4% ownership, I don't think you can do much better than that. I know that this may go down as insanity because I keep chasing this play and it's not going to work out. I'll already tell you, don't do it, but I'm probably going to. <laughs> it's Tyler Eifert. Yeah. I just can't quit you, Tyler Eifert. Like, if, <laughs> if the Bengals get near the goal line, he should be involved. Um, he's obviously not playing a ton of snaps right now. He played 49 out of 76 week one, which, or I'm sorry, week two, which I think is more than they want to play him, to be honest. But if as long as he's playing in the money zone, I think he's got huge upside. I mean, he's he's definitely capable of ripping off a two touchdown week. So I'm going to continue to keep chasing. 
against Carolina is probably not the best spot to do it. But uh, I just think that his upside and his ownership makes him intriguing for me in GPPs. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Thomas Davis is still out, no? So, I mean, that's uh, that makes that matchup, I actually think, kind of nice. Hooper scored last week against them. Eifert can get in. Let's go. Eifert all the way. <laughs> um, all right, let's wrap this show up with defenses. Uh, we've got the Minnesota defense this week. They're priced at 4300 which is the biggest we've seen, I believe, this season. But they are playing Buffalo, so it's probably deserved. Uh, Amico, I know you ran some trends on on high price defenses or big spread defenses. Why don't you tell us what you found and if you're considering breaking your uh, your chalk defense rule for cash games this week? Yeah, so I mean, in the labs database, which I believe goes back to 2014, uh, there's been seven defenses to play with a spread between 16 and seven, uh, minus 16 and minus 17. Uh, 85.7% consistency rating with the average plus minus of six. So uh, a ton, a ton more consistency in these kinds of spots than we would see from a normal defense. Obviously, you have to pay for it. Uh, but if you look at like the scoring, 18, 17, 17, 17, 16, 13, 6. So really just one bust. Uh, which was uh, against your Jets, Matt. So go go fighting Jets. But uh, I mean, I think that this is a spot where I'm willing to kind of change my tune on on high price defense. Uh, I'm not even really sure if they're going to be super chalky in cash games because of the price. But right, I just think the ceiling here is is really really high. So will you be willing to play them in GPPs as well? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm doing it because okay. I don't think I don't I think the price is prohibitive for them from them being like twenty plus percent. Yeah, we still have them projected as the highest owned defense, but only 13 to 16%. So, yeah, like you said, people might not be willing to pay all the way up, uh, especially considering we said there's not a ton of value out there this week. So, yeah, I I, I can get behind that. Um, Jones, you have anything you'd like to add about Minnesota? Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to pay 4300 for a defense. <laughs> okay. I just, way, to be, I just, way to be consistent, Jones. I just, yeah, I, I can't like completely just flip flop about it. I just have to deal with it and pay thirty five hundred for Chicago. Like I'll just figure it out. Thirty five hundred for Chicago. That's interesting. Uh, I was personally eyeing Denver at twenty four hundred against Joe Flacco, who, as we know, is prone to the turnover. Um, tell me a little bit about Chicago, and then if you have any thoughts on Denver, because. I think those two defenses might be the next two highest owned after Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, I I talked about it when we went through uh, some more of the strategy stuff uh, preseason. I usually um, am just sort of trying to chase um, chase sacks, and Chicago can get after the quarterback. So I'm just going to keep going for that and hope they get a turnover. Yep, third highest uh, sack projection on the slate at 2.9. Um, Amico, thoughts on on either of those two defenses? Uh, I think I would be more likely to play, if, I guess Denver, just because I think that uh, I, I prefer. If I'm going to save, I'm gonna, I'm going to save. You know, like I want to go all the way towards the bottom, and uh, I respect Denver. But you know who has the highest sack projection on the slate, Matt? Uh, yeah, I was going to get look. to them. <laughs> I was going to oh, get okay. to them as a GPP team, but go ahead, inform the listeners. I mean, I think uh, Dallas Cowboys, according to Fantasy Labs, uh, 3.2 projected sacks, just 2,200 against a terrible Seattle offensive line. Uh, I do think that Seattle's going to win this game. Uh, I like I like the Seabirds, 
but 2200 like again like you're opening up just so much salary in your cash lineup or gpp lineup um and i think you could stack them with a guy like zeke and uh and profit tournaments for sure yeah i mean we saw the cowboys play a team with a bad offensive line last week in the giants and they came up with six sacks they had three sacks the week before like I really liked what they did last week against the Giants. They were relentless with the blitz. I think they will uh, maybe employ a similar strategy with Seattle. Uh, Obviously, it's going to be a lot tougher to bring down Russell Wilson than it was to bring down Eli Manning. But I agree that this is like a really nice spot uh, to look for a defense. Like I think that they're an awesome GPP target. You don't think they have similar mobility there? No, No, I think Wilson is just a tad bit more mobile. Just a smidge. (laughs) Uh, any other defenses that we want to throw out for some GPP consideration? It's a no for me. Nope. Uh, I will throw out Houston against said New York Giants. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just think that picking on the Giants might be a thing this year, uh, you know, in terms of sack upside. And if you can get them down, Eli has been known to force a ball or two as well. So I like Houston at 2,800. All right, give me your Millie Maker picks. I want a guy, low-owned guy, you know, 5% or less, but hopefully in the 1% to 2% type range that you think could have upside to win the Millie Maker tournament for somebody this week. Jones, you have the honors. Adam Thielen. I like it. Uh, Amico. I'm going, I'm going with Corey Davis. Give me the, the volume at 1%. I'm going to stick to my guns there. I think that is fair. I am going to double down on Alfred Morris. I think I'm calling a double double down for Alfred Morris this week. <laughs> uh, all right, and I want to I want a bold take, Amico. Last week you came pretty darn close with yours. You had uh, Ben Roethlisberger throwing for five TDs. Uh, he only got three, or did he get to four? He got four. Well, he ran for one. I don't know. Right, 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 right. Okay, and he threw for like 450 yards. So. I'm going to count that as a win for you. So why don't you uh, give us one for this week? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel as compelled, obviously, uh, but I'm going to attack the same defense, and I'm going to say that uh, Marquise Goodwin goes over 100 with a touchdown. Okay. Mildly uh, mildly confident, bold take for Anthony. Uh, Jones, what do you have for me? Yeah, I, I didn't bring him up before in the wide receivers because I wanted to save it for this, but I think Brandon Cooks goes over 100 and scores a couple touchdowns. Yeah, one thing I like about the the Rams is that all three of their top receivers basically play on like every snap. So yep. even though there's a lot of them, you know, like even though there's three guys, you don't think that they're going to be super consistent. Um, I love that basically all those guys are on the field all the time. I think it makes them all viable plays. Uh, I am going with Cam Newton will be the highest scoring quarterback on the slate. Nice. That's my call. Uh, so I, I, you know, we, we kicked off the show with Cam. I love Cam this week. Just all the Cam Newton. Great. I hope you're right. (laughs) All right. That's going to do it for this edition of on the daily. Please be sure to subscribe to rate and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And remember to check out our listeners league and try to take us down. For Anthony and Matt, who you can find on Twitter at Amixta and at Matt Jones TFR, I'm Matt Lamarca. Good luck this week.
Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. From self-help books to meditation, we work hard to find peace of mind. Xfinity Home helps you rest easy with a total home security solution. Installed by experts and powered by secure and reliable Xfinity Wi-Fi, you'll get 24-7 professional monitoring with fast response times and real-time alerts, like when doors and windows are opened. Rest easier with Xfinity Home. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash home security. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires compatible high-speed internet. Professional installation required.